Welcome to 5 at 8. I'm Mark Overman, and this morning I'm joined by Linda Carlisle. It's Thursday, August 3rd, 2023. In this episode, we'll talk about the discovery of a new whale species in Peru that may have been the heaviest animal ever, the use of drone ships in the conflict between Ukraine and Russia, Meta's plan to ask EU users for permission to show personalized ads, the shakeup in China's military leadership, and the severe flooding in Beijing due to heavy rainfall and the climate crisis. Story number one. According to The Guardian, scientists have discovered fossils of a newly identified whale species in Peru that may have been the heaviest animal to ever exist on Earth. The extinct species, named Perucetus colossus, could have had a body mass of 85, 340 tons, surpassing the blue whale, which was previously considered the largest animal. The skeleton of P. Colossus, estimated to be 20 meters long, would have been denser and therefore heavier than a 25-meter blue whale. The discovery offers insights into gigantism in early cetaceans and suggests that cetaceans achieved extreme body masses much earlier than previously thought. It's absolutely incredible, don't you think, Linda? The discovery of this Perucetus colossus, a whale species that could potentially be the heaviest animal ever to have existed. It's a testament to the wonders of evolution and a reminder of how much we still have to learn about our planet's history. And what is interesting is how this discovery has revealed that cetaceans achieved extreme body masses much earlier than previously thought. So, we are not only witnessing the existence of a colossal creature, but also a shift in our understanding of marine life evolution. Right. And they say this massive creature had four limbs for walking on the seabed, which is, uh, kind of mind-boggling when you think about it. But it shows us how species adapt to their environments in ways we can't even begin to imagine. Precisely. Evolution is all about adaptation, isn't it? It's fascinating how this creature had heavier bones that allowed it to thrive in shallow coastal waters. A unique adaptation in contrast to its counterparts found in open sea environments. It reminds us that evolution is not a linear process but a complex web of adaptations, each one suited for a specific environment. Indeed. It's as if nature has its own way of, uh, balancing things out. The size of this creature must have posed its own challenges, both in terms of feeding and movement. Yet it seems to have been a successful species in its time. Yes, and we should also consider the energy implications of such large body sizes. This discovery could provide new insights into the metabolic rates and energy consumption of prehistoric marine mammals, helping us to better understand the survival strategies of these large creatures. Absolutely. There's so much we can learn from the past, and discoveries like this Perucetus Colossus open up new avenues for understanding our world. It's a fascinating time to be involved in the field of paleontology. And as we continue to uncover these ancient secrets, it's essential to remember that our actions today are shaping the evolutionary path of future species. Our responsibility towards our planet extends far beyond our lifetime. Story number two. Drone ships, small unmanned vessels that operate on or below the water's surface, have been used in the ongoing conflict between Ukraine and Russia, as reported by the BBC. These drone ships can be used for various tasks, including military purposes like clearing mines, surveillance, and targeting enemy ships. They are equipped with explosives and cameras and can be remotely controlled by a human operator. The cost of drone ships is unclear but one Ukrainian drone ship has a price tag of $250,000. Ukraine has carried out at least 10 attacks using drone ships, 
targeting military ships and Russia's naval base. The deployment of drone ships by Ukraine poses a significant risk to Russia as they are harder to detect and make less noise than traditional naval vessels. However, drone ships have limitations, such as a narrow field of view and the need for constant communication with the operator. According to the BBC, despite these drawbacks, Ukraine's use of drone ships has attracted international attention and is inspiring other navies to develop similar systems. Will you look at that, Linda? The world of naval warfare has taken a turn with the use of these drone ships. They're not just altering the dynamics of traditional warfare, but also causing a major disruption. The fact that Ukraine, a country without a significant naval force, is able to hold its own in the Black Sea against Russia, a naval powerhouse, is a testament to the game-changing potential of these unmanned vessels. Yes, Mark. It's intriguing to see how drone technology is not limited to the skies anymore. And it's not just about the shift in power balances, it's also about how warfare itself is changing. These drone ships can be harder to detect because they travel low and are quiet. But they also come with their own set of challenges. For instance, accurate location data is crucial for targeting, and any issues with the communication link could jeopardize the entire mission. I mean, there's a reason we're seeing this as more of an experimental phase in naval warfare. But what strikes me is the cost-effectiveness. A drone ship with a price tag of $250,000 seems like a bargain compared to the costs of conventional long-range missiles. And the fact that they can be deployed quickly without a fully trained crew? That's a major game-changer. But it's important to remember that while these drone ships might be more affordable, the ethical and regulatory implications of using unmanned vehicles in warfare cannot be ignored. There's potential for collateral damage, and the changing face of combat brings a whole new set of questions about accountability and the laws of war. It's a powerful tool. But with great power comes great responsibility. It's not just about technology and strategy anymore. It's also about the morals and ethics that govern their use. The world is watching, and it's clear that this new form of warfare is pushing other navies to rethink their strategies and technologies. It's a whole new ballgame, and the stakes are high. Certainly, Mark. It's an evolving landscape, and the coming years will likely see more developments, debates, and hopefully regulations around drone-enabled warfare. It's a complex issue that will require cooperation and consensus from nations around the globe. Story number three. Facebook and Instagram's parent company Meta will ask European Union EU users for permission to show them personalized advertisements, as reported by The Guardian. This move comes after regulatory rulings that struck down Meta's legal justification for collecting audience data to create targeted user profiles for advertisers. Meta had argued that it had a legitimate interest to process user data, but it has now conceded that it must seek consent under EU data laws. The company's advertising-based business model is already under pressure due to privacy changes introduced by Apple. Meta's announcement will be scrutinized by the UK data watchdog, and experts believe that users may not consent to their data being used for targeted ads. Is this not a monumental shift we're seeing here, Linda? Meta's decision to ask EU users for permission to show personalized ads could fundamentally disrupt their advertising model. I mean, 97% of their $117 billion revenue in 2022 came from advertising. It's an unprecedented move that reflects the growing pressure from regulatory bodies and users alike when it comes to data privacy. But it's not just Meta. We've seen Apple also introduce privacy changes that require app developers to seek user permission for personalized ads, 
It's indicative of a broader shift in digital advertising. Right, right. I am all for businesses making money. But I've always said that they need to respect individual freedoms. And privacy is a vital part of that. It's interesting, though, this whole idea of consent replacing legitimate interests as the legal basis for processing data. Yes, and it's worth noting that this consent needs to be informed and freely given. The real question here is, will users consent to their data being used for targeted ads? As Johnny Ryan from the Irish Council for Civil Liberties puts it, if Meta follows the law, no one will ever say yes to all the things they're doing. That's a fair point, Linda. And it puts Meta in a tricky position. They can't afford to lose ad revenue, but if they can't get users to consent to targeted ads, what's their next move? It's like being stuck between a rock and a hard place. Indeed. The implications are far-reaching. It might force companies like Meta to rethink their business strategies and possibly innovate new, more privacy-friendly ways of advertising. But it also raises questions about the sustainability of ad-driven business models in the face of growing privacy concerns. This isn't just a hiccup. It could signal a fundamental shift in the way digital advertising works. But hey, like I always say, every challenge is an opportunity. Maybe this is the push the tech industry needs to come up with more ethical, user-friendly approaches to advertising. That's a hopeful perspective, Mark. But it's also essential to remember that these changes are not just about business models. They're about people's rights to privacy and how we balance those rights with the potential benefits of personalized advertising. It's a complex issue with no easy answers. Story number four. China's President Xi Jinping has replaced two top generals overseeing the country's nuclear missiles, marking the biggest shakeup in the military leadership in a decade. The move, as reported by The Guardian, highlights Xi's commitment to tightening control over the armed forces and maintaining the Communist Party's absolute leadership. The generals from outside the ranks of the People's Liberation Army Rocket Force, PLARF, were appointed to head the unit which oversees China's land-based conventional and nuclear ballistic missiles. The anti-corruption campaign initiated by Xi has also extended to the military, with several officials being investigated. The appointment of non-PLARF officials to top positions may indicate a shift in patronage networks within the military. It's not every day that we see such a significant shakeup in China's military leadership, especially not in the People's Liberation Army Rocket Force, the division in charge of China's nuclear arsenal. Now, Linda, with your expertise in geopolitics and defense, what do you think is the underlying motive behind these changes? Well, Mark, the key factor to remember here is that President Xi Jinping has been working to consolidate his control over the military for quite some time. So this recent shakeup, particularly the appointment of two generals from outside the rocket forces ranks, could be seen as another step in that direction. This move also falls in line with Xi's anti-corruption campaign, which he's used as a tool to strengthen his control since coming to power in 2012. I see. So this could be seen as a kind of cleaning house, so to speak. But Linda, there's also talk that this reshuffling might be tied to rumors of internal corruption within the rocket force. Could there be some truth to that? That's a possibility, Mark. The South China Morning Post reported that the predecessors of the newly appointed generals were taken away for investigation by China's corruption watchdog. Now, whether these allegations are true, or if they're being used as a pretext for the shakeup, is something we can't confirm at this point. But what we do know is that Xi's anti-corruption campaign has targeted both high- and low-ranking officials across various sectors in China. 
Got it. Now, shifting gears a bit, how might these changes impact China's military readiness and strategy, especially considering the strategic importance of the rocket force in a potential conflict scenario, say with Taiwan? Well, that's a complex question, Mark. On one hand, these moves could potentially disrupt established chains of command and operational routines. But on the other, they could also bring fresh perspectives and approaches to the table, which might be beneficial in the long run. Now, it's important to note that Xi has emphasized the need for stronger combat readiness. So, while we can't predict with certainty how these changes will impact China's military strategy, it's clear that readiness and effectiveness are key priorities for Xi. Interesting. And one last question, Linda. What are the broader political implications of this? I mean, both domestically and internationally. Domestically, this move sends a clear message that Xi is firmly in control and is prepared to make significant changes to maintain his power. This might strengthen his position within the Communist Party and the country as a whole. Internationally, it reinforces the image of Xi as a strong leader who's willing to take decisive action. However, it could also raise concerns among other countries about China's military ambitions and the potential risks of such a centralization of power. Overall, it's a complex situation with far-reaching implications. Story number five. Beijing and its neighboring provinces in China have been hit by heavy rainfall, resulting in severe flooding and the evacuation of almost a million people. The city experienced its heaviest rainfall in 140 years, with 21 confirmed deaths and dozens more missing. The extreme weather is believed to be caused by rising ocean temperatures due to the climate crisis. The heavy rains were brought by the aftermath of Typhoon Doksuri, which hit Fujian province before moving northwards. The rainfall broke previous records, with over 744.8 mm falling in Beijing since the previous Saturday. The extreme weather is also linked to global warming and rising temperatures in northern China. According to The Guardian, as another typhoon approaches the eastern coast of China, more evacuations and emergency responses are being implemented in preparation for further flooding. Do you know, Linda, it's really quite unsettling to see these extreme weather events becoming more and more frequent. This recent flooding in Beijing, for example, it's a clear sign that climate change is having serious impacts on our weather systems. We can no longer ignore this. I completely agree, Mark. The impacts of climate change are indeed alarming. But I think what's even more concerning is the human cost of these disasters. The evacuations, the loss of life, the damage to infrastructure. It's just devastating. But, you know, I also see this as a wake-up call for us to take action. These extreme weather events are a stark reminder that we need to get serious about reducing our carbon emissions and transitioning to renewable energy sources. We can't afford to wait any longer. I see where you're coming from, Mark, and I agree that we need to take action. However, I think it's important to remember that these changes won't happen overnight. We need to be realistic about the challenges we face and the time it will take to transition to a more sustainable way of life. I understand, Linda, and you're right. It's not going to be an easy journey, but I firmly believe that if we put in the effort and work together, we can overcome these challenges and build a better, more sustainable future for ourselves and future generations. I share your optimism, Mark, and I hope that we can indeed make the necessary changes to mitigate the impacts of climate change. But as we've seen with this recent flooding in Beijing, we also need to have robust emergency response systems in place to protect our communities from these increasingly severe weather events. 
That's it for this morning. Have a great day, and see you all tomorrow. Five at Eight is researched, written, and performed by artificial intelligence. For more information, visit botcaster.ai.